start out by uh, giving each of you a little pat on the back. Um, because it was just occurred to me, we've been handing out communion at the door for a while now, right? Um, instead of getting up and going and everybody getting their hand in the same bucket, we're handing it out. Um, I only have to pick up two or three little communion cups every week. Good job. People, good job for taking those and getting them in the trash and everything. I, I actually, when we started doing that, I, I was like, this is going to be awful. But you, you did such a good job. Okay. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, I, I don't know about, about you. If you are... Um, if you, were, if you were older, like, um, you know, my wife, <laughs> she's getting really tired of those. Uh, anyway, a couple more months of that. Uh, anyway, if, if you are, you know, I don't know, 45, let's say, or, or um, older, when you were growing up, you probably only had to do, deal with like two facets or areas of your life, right? There was um, your, your public life and your private life. So uh, let me give you some examples of those. Like um, if I were out in the, in the street with my friends, you know, the neighborhood back in the day, I, I don't know, some of you younger ones might not understand this, but back in the day, a lot of us, um, when the weather was nice, we would go outside <laughs> under the sun and we, we would um, we'd get a football or a, a Nerf thing or so, any, basically anything you could hold in your hand and throw. Um, we'd get that and we'd go out in the street, in the road, where the cars go, and we'd play football out there. And, uh, you know, if a car came down the road, you may, what'd you do? Well, yeah. yeah. Car! Everybody clears off to the side, the car drives through. Typically, it was somebody, you know, a parent or somebody. And so you wave and smile, and it's all fun. And, and then as soon as the car's out of the way, everybody's back in the middle of the road, and you're playing your game again. But um, maybe you didn't experience this like I did. But um, sometimes when I was out playing with my friends, uh, football or baseball in the yard or doing something else, uh, sometimes I would um, do something dumb or say something stupid. And the cool thing was that when that happened, um, you know, I was laughed at a little bit. You know, like you're laughed at, you're ribbed a little bit. Maybe you even got slugged if you, if you smarted off about somebody's mama or something. Uh, and you got hit. But, but then you went back to playing the game, right? Like it, it didn't last very long. It was over. And then, and then you, moved, you moved on. Now, it might be a little bit different if you um, mess up, you say something dumb or do something stupid at, at school, because just because there's more people there, right? And so there's more people to kind of laugh at you initially, or an upperclassman who's going to push you around a, a little bit. But, but the good thing about school was that there were enough people doing enough stupid stuff that your thing didn't last very long, right? Because somebody else was going to come along and do something, and then they were all going to move on to, to that person. And so we didn't have to deal with, um, oftentimes, we didn't have to deal with those little things that were said or done, like lasting a long time. Like we outlived them um, pretty quickly. 
So we had to deal with like our, our public life, right? Out in, in public around people, our friends and neighbors and at, at school. Um, and, and then we also had a, a private life, right? When you would go home to the, to the safety, at least hopefully you experienced that like, like I did. I, with the safety of the inside of your house. You come in at night and everybody's there and you get dinner and whatever. And, and, and the, really the only thing that I had to worry about um, in, my, in my private life at home be, behind the closed door um, was saying something uh, stupid or bad because um, then I'd get my mouth washed out with soap if I was lucky. If I was unlucky, then the paddle came off the top of the fridge. If you're younger, you don't know what that is. Uh, it is a very thick, long piece of wood that you would be beaten with. Um, and when you called the cops to say, I'm being beaten by my parents, they laughed at you. Because uh, that wasn't a thing, right? Back then, it uh, wasn't a thing. And so um, we had to deal with our, our, our public life, and which was just like friends or whatever at school. And then we had to deal with our, 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 our private life and, and what happened um, behind the closed doors at, at home. And, you know, if we wanted to find the answer to a question... We would go to, I don't know, maybe you're, let's just do this for fun. Raise your hand if, if your parents um, had that rack of encyclopedias in the house. Did you ever? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that makes you feel a little younger now to know that other people are like that. So um, we, we had the, the rack of encyclopedias. So I don't know if you, again, some of you may not, not know. So we've been talking a lot about social media, and a lot of you are, you know, you're not necessarily online, so... Like, this morning is a day for you to connect, okay? So, um, when I was a kid, they literally had a guy that came to your door and knocked on the door. Like, you had no idea he was coming. Knock on the door, and you open the door, and like, hey, we have this new encyclopedia set that we want to sell you. And, and parents, my parents bought the set of encyclopedia. Like, you get, like, one a month for however long, and you had to wait. You know, like, if you had a project for school, and, and you didn't get to the whatever number it was. Like, you had to wait for, like, oh, I can't do that project because we don't have that book yet. Um, and, and so my parents had the encyclopedias in the hallway so that anybody in the family could get to them. And if we wanted to know something, we, we'd go to the encyclopedia um, or, um, you know, to your, to your parents or maybe to your teacher. But life is different today, right? Um, the, the big thing is... People don't, like, like, I don't know. I see kids in my neighborhood. Um, we, we live in a new neighborhood now, and there's lots of kids uh, on our block. Um, they're outside quite a bit, and that's really nice to be able to see. But the joke from us boomers, right, is that the young people, they don't, you, do you like that? Uh, you, yeah, that's what my son-in-law calls Andrea and I all the time, boomers. We're not technically boomers, I think, but anyway, that's the, you're going to learn some terms today, some new terms, and so if you're over, like, whatever, if you have kids that are in high school or whatever, you're just a boomer, and you don't, like, you don't, you don't get it, right? So, um, anyway, the joke is that younger people, right, they don't go outside. They just stay at home and on their devices or whatever all the time, and they just don't ever, they don't ever get out. Um, but today, if a kid wants to know something, they don't go to the encyclopedia, probably don't even have encyclopedias anymore. Um, they don't go to their parents. They don't go to their teachers. 
They grab that little computer that most of them have and they say, hey, Google, or if, um, um, if they're good children, they say, hey, Siri. And then they get an answer to whatever their question is, right? It's a, it's a different kind of world. I, I don't have to um, go to a store and wonder if they're going to have the thing that I want in stock because I can look up on their app and see just how many they have in stock before I ever go to the store. I don't have to drive to um, Menards or whatever in, in Wichita. I can just check and see who's got what I want, and then I can go there and, and get it. We get these up-to-date inventory numbers on things, and life is just really different today. And some of that different is good. Like There is something I'm really glad for some of the technology that we have, some of that, um, some of that different is bad, and, and there's some of that different who's just, that's just downright evil. It's a lot of things that we can access now in a moment from wherever we are in the world, and we can get flooded with a lot of stuff that just isn't good for us or for anybody else. And no matter how the world around us changes. The word of God remains the same. And so for the follower of, of Jesus, we have this firm foundation on which to stabilize our lives. We have this firm foundation. No matter how the world changes and all the different things that happen in our, in our culture and, and, and what's being canceled and what's being done, we, we get to have this stability in our lives. We go, doesn't matter what's going on out here. I'm standing on the Word of God. See, the world that we live in has changed, but not our calling you're going to see why this is in the, in the middle in just a minute. It's a little different today. Throughout this series, we've been um, talking about how a life of, uh, how to live a life of character that spans both our, our private life, our public life, our in-person life, and our online life. And we've been talking about how to line all three of those things up so that we're the same person that we're doing the same kind of things, that we're being the same way in every area of, of our lives, so that there's no inconsistencies between how we're living in our private life, how we're living in our online life, and our, and our public life. Um, because ultimately, our, uh, our lives should be lived, uh, no matter what area that is, our lives should be lived to help point other people to Jesus. And, and I'm grateful for the fact that we have um, this ability online to, uh, to share the message of Jesus with people that, that we might never actually be able to come in contact with personally. And so that's an awesome aspect of, of technology. But no matter what we, where we're living our lives, public, private, online, our goal should be the same, and that's to point other people to Jesus. Because our purpose as believers, as followers of Jesus, is to look like Jesus so that we can help other people find Jesus. And, and honestly, that can be a struggle in an increasingly online world. So we've talked about the differences in this series. We've talked about the different dangers with social media. 
You remember the, the very first week we, we talked about the different superhero names and, and how people access social media and the things that they do there and, and how sometimes that gets in the way of, of who we really want to be, as, especially as followers of Christ. We've talked about uh, oversharing on social media or making everything ab- about you. It's all about me. That, then um, uh, we talked about like dropping bombs in a, in a thread or something and then we kind of just retreat and we don't pay attention to it anymore. We can also get really involved in trying to sway people to our side of the fence or to our way of thinking through back and forth threads on a post, right? We can get involved with somebody and go back and forth and, and, and almost never d- does that result in something beneficial at the end of that um, exchange. Over the last several weeks, you've heard my take on social media behavior as a, uh, a digital immigrant, okay? That's what you might call me, a digital immigrant, because I didn't grow up with um, technology. We didn't have uh, cell phones and things like that. When, when I was a, a kid, um, we didn't have mobile phones. Like, I remember being a, a little kid and, and still having the, like, we had a rotary phone and we had a push-button phone. And, and remember, you were always, like, you couldn't get away from, from anybody because you could only move as far as the cord to the phone, right? So you, you, there was an anchor there. And, and maybe, you, maybe you had, um, your parents um, were really cool, and you had one of those um, phone lines that was like 60 feet, and it was all curled up, you know? That drove me crazy. To this day, when I go into the doctor's office, and the little, you know, the little things they pull off the wall and they look in your mouth and your ears? Those have the little coil deals and they get twisted. I have to untwist those when I'm waiting in the doctor's office. I can't stand it. So I don't know if he, he probably doesn't even care, doesn't even appreciate me. Should probably get a little kickback from that because um, when he comes in, you know, all three of those little things, all the little coils are perfect. That's what I used to do as a kid. I'd sit in front of the phone and I'd uh, work out all the little kinks in that in that little line. But that was always really cool because you could get, you know, you almost could go into another room if your cord was long enough. You heard last week from um, from Alan Funk, right? Good job, Alan. Thank you. Um, and, and you were told last week um, how much older Alan is than me. I don't know if you caught that, but he mentioned he was really a lot older than I am. Um, and like, you know, well into his 50s. Um, but he was still able to beat me in racquetball. You, you probably forgot about that part, but it, it happens. Anyway, um, so Alan is, is what we might call a silver surfer. That's a, a senior citizen who uses the internet. Boom, got you back, okay. Um, but I thought today, as we've been talking about social media and things like that, you're hearing from somebody who, um, who, who has used social media but didn't grow up with social media. Uh, I thought maybe it'd be good to hear from some folks today who are closer to that um, growing up with social media generation and, and we're just gonna call them um, netheads. 
netheads, uh, individuals who spend a lot of time online or know a lot about uh, the, the internet. So um, I'm going to ask them some questions. So here are some uh, friends and, and family. You guys can uh, come up. Let's uh, just welcome you guys in. You all got chairs? Okay. Good. We didn't practice the lay. You can be in front of that. We didn't practice the layout of the of the screen. Oh yeah, you're good. You're good. We're good there. Um, okay, so uh, here's what we're gonna do. We got a microphone there. Do you got one? Okay. While they're working on that, um, we're we're gonna go. Uh, look, she's on her phone uh, even right now. Uh, <laughs> So, Easton, let's start with you. Um, so, just to introduce everybody out here to everybody up here, um, give us your name. Tell us when you got your first mobile device, if you can, if you can remember that. Um, and then, when did you start being active on social media? Uh, well, I'm Easton, as you already said. Um, I probably got my first device when I was in... I mean, it was a flip phone, a, you know, disposable flip phone in like maybe eighth or ninth grade. So I was late to the party. My parents didn't want me to have a cell phone. <laughs> uh, but then my dad convinced my mom just because it was like, well, if he needs to contact somebody. So they, they got me the most simple thing you could get, flip phone that maybe cost $20 a, a month. Huh. I had no text messages, calls only. Um, and I had that all the way through till maybe senior year. Um, and I didn't get on social media until college. So I didn't have, I'm not sure I had a, a Facebook or Twitter, but wasn't active. Mm. My parents didn't want me to have a Facebook, so I just didn't. I mean, I had one, but I didn't like use it. Yeah. But yeah, so I wasn't active until really college. So you've been making up for lost time. Is yeah, what pretty much. Okay. All right, good. Okay, go. Hey, yeah, I'm Tristan. Um, I was in sixth grade when I got my phone, but technically it was like the home phone, but I took it to school because I was cool. Oh, yeah. And it was like a brick, a brick phone. It didn't flip. It was just no like solid. It was a Nokia. It was a Nokia, yeah. yeah. And uh, I remember I was sitting in the back of the car one day. This is a little irrelevant, but whatever. I was sitting in the back of the car one day. I had my feet up on the seat in front of me, and mom was sitting next to me, and dad was driving. And um, Trevor turns around, he was in the passenger seat, and he's like, look at her. I was playing like Snake on the phone, because that was the only <laughs> game that was on it. <laughs> and uh, he's like, one day she's going to be sitting there texting away. And my mom is like, you guys are never texting, ever. And now she like won't ever call, and she just texts everybody all the time. So. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I think I got a Facebook in high school. I, th I think I was a freshman, probably. Something like that, but that's my story. Okay. Oh, did you guys catch it? Who, who you are, when you got your first mobile device, and when you started being active on social media? Okay. Yeah, we got it. Okay. <laughs> my name's Dominic Funk. I go by DJ. Um, I got my first phone. He, he went through that really quickly, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he used to it. <laughs> His uh, name's DJ. If you didn't <laughs> catch it. I got my first phone probably around... Fifth grade, I was in middle school because we lived out in the country, and so whenever um, it was a situation where we were driving back into town, and by the time my parents left, like if I waited till I got there to call them, 
it was going to be another 20 minutes before they made it in to meet me. So I was always the last one getting picked up. So they were like, just call when you get into town, and then we'll, we'll come head that way. Um, and yeah, it was the Nokia brick. It was, I don't know what they make those things out of, but... They never broke, so they didn't. I think I we still have it in a drawer. We off. do, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so yeah, I had it in middle school, and then the social media thing was just, I'm the oldest up here, so it was just starting out when I was in high school. I think you had to have a .edu to get a Facebook, but before that, they oh, had yeah. Hotmail and Messenger and all that stuff, so you could... MySpace. Yeah, MySpace. <laughs> Zynga was way back when. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's mine. Yeah. I'm Trevor. Um, I actually, so you said you got, since, so we shared, Tristan and I, that phone, because it was the home phone. Oh, yeah. Um, so you said fifth grade? I think I was in sixth grade. Sixth grade, so I would have been a freshman in high school. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that was when freshman in high school, and then... Social, I was always kind of on board with social media whenever it would take off. So, like, I think I got Facebook when I was a freshman in high school also. And then, like, Twitter was shortly after that. And so I got one when that started happening. And, yeah, so all kind of early high school years. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so follow up to that. And not, I guess you don't all have to answer this, but if you, if, if you want to... Um, do you have a, do you remember when you first started like um, consuming or creating content? Uh, do you remember that? <laughs> okay. Um, so just with like the line of work that I'm in, um, a lot of it is like entrepreneurial based. So uh, every time I have a gig, I take a picture of my setup. I say like when, where I'm playing at and when mm -hmm. I'm gonna be there. Um, and mostly that's, and I do specific platforms for specific things, but that's kind of a, a main is always kind of like just letting people know where I'm going to be if they want to come see me play. Okay. Mm. Anybody else? No? I guess that would have been like 2012. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, maybe each of you uh, respond to this one. What do you primarily use social media for? Like you're, you're, I you're all, <laughs> what? I just like looking at people's stuff. <laughs> so you're I a, double tap all the time. You're a, you're a stalker. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I know what you're all doing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kim. It's, I'm nice. I like comment. I'm like, yeah, you, you rock that them. middle part, side part. I don't care who you are. Wear that side part. Okay. Yeah, it is weird the amount of information you can get off of somebody's Facebook just by, like, <laughs> yeah. if you want, like, and it can be for good. It doesn't have to be, like, weird, hey, what are they? Yeah, it's not creepy like. stalking. It's but just it's, like, like if, you, if you're going to meet somebody and you want to know, like, hey, here's common interests or something uh -huh. like that that we can talk about. I've definitely done that before. But, but I'm an overanalyzer, like, when I talk to people, it's, yeah. I want to make sure we have something that we can actually talk about instead <laughs> of sitting in awkward silence. Okay. So what, so what do you primarily use social media for? Um, I argue a lot. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> so I made a decision a couple of, like, probably a year ago to say I'm going to stand up more for Christian and conservative values um, online, which 
arguing politics is a part-time job I don't recommend anybody <laughs> do. Uh, it's never ending. So uh, it used to be more arguing, and now I just kind of try to put something out there for someone to think about. Because you do get in your echo chambers of the yeah. exact same stuff all the time. But um, I noticed a lot of people kind of harping on Christians. And I said for me specifically, it was conservative values also. But And no one ever saying anything. Yeah. And it, whether you're conservative or a liberal doesn't really matter. As long as you can get some things out there to say, hey, maybe consider this. Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what I use it for a lot. Okay. I don't recommend it, but. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Networking, mostly. If I go if I go do a gig or a job or something, um, if, and you meet somebody, typically like the stat, like the card, the unspoken rule, I guess, is like you get their phone number, mm. get what they play, and then one of you will add the other on Facebook, like within the week. Um, so it's mostly networking stuff. Okay, and I and I saved Easton for last. Uh, Easton, tell us uh, what do you primarily use Why social you media me for last? <laughs> uh, well, I use. I am primarily a Twitter user. I don't really use Facebook much. Um, I just don't like the format because you only kind of see uh, your lane of people. Uh, and I like seeing outside of that. And that's a big reason of why I use Twitter because I like to see the mindset of people that aren't like-minded. Um, but I do, I see both. I mean, uh -huh. obviously, because I follow friends and stuff, so I see their point of view. But um, Twitter gives you a broader view. <laughs> what? Hearing and understanding other people's views. You don't understand that? <laughs> Hashtagging? No, I, I don't really, uh, I'm not a creator uh, per se, um, but that's, that's mainly why I, I look at it, because I want to see um, what the United States, what the world is outside of Wichita, Kansas, and my friends, and, um, and I don't really trust media sources too much. Uh, like mainstream media, so I'd rather see what people are thinking rather than uh, an anchor on a TV mm -hmm. uh, thinks, uh, or what a politician thinks. I want to see what people think, uh, and most of the time that's depressing, but uh, that's, what I, that's what I see and hear uh, and read. And then the other part is, uh, I mean, I started the podcast, so I obviously share and, mm -hmm. and try to get people to listen to it by interacting with, with people that are you know, part of movies and stuff, but yeah. that's more recent. Most of, most of my social media is all just trying to understand other people's point of views and um, kind of seeing, yeah, just the other side of the the view. Most of my friends are. There is an aspect to to social media that, um, you know, on the street that I lived on, there some people went to church, some people didn't, but pretty much everybody on my street had the same sim or similar, I guess, political views, that kind of thing. Um, and, and so there wasn't a lot of opportunity to, you know, talk about that stuff. But there, but there does seem to be, with social media and probably every aspect of our life, this, this two sides to the same thing. One of them is you can, you, I think, DJ, you mentioned the echo chamber that you can get into. But the other one is... You, by looking at those things that other people are doing, you really do get a sense of what other people are thinking, how they process things, um, why they're coming to, to some conclusion or something the, the way that they are. Um, so we tend, to, we tend to look negatively about that, but, but really if you approach it like that, you can see um, 
the other side a, a little bit. Yeah, and I think as a, mainly a reader instead of a poster, um, I wish people would come to it in that way, but most mm. of it is just an echo chamber. Yeah. They follow yeah. people that, that think the same way, but I try to do the opposite. Um, and I follow a lot of liberals and try to see what their point of view is, because um, I'm not, <laughs> and, uh, and non-Christians and what they, what they think. And sometimes it's mm. even liberal Christians and like their idea of how the church should be and how Christians should act. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people come into it with an open mind. Yeah. They go into it with a closed mind, and they don't allow themselves to, to listen to the other side um, and change their opinion. I mean, change is good. I mean, I guess I think progressives don't understand their own terminology of being progressive. They don't <laughs> let themselves change by listening to somebody else. Mm. But, I mean, same thing with conservatives. Yeah. It's both sides for sure. I think it's a very like unfiltered version of philosophy. Everybody mm. just kind of putting their own... Mm -hmm take on. I've heard the analogy that Twitter is like, it's a group of people standing in a room and they're all shouting at the same time and no one's listening. It's yeah. just all <laughs> Except yeah. Easton. Easton's always listening. <laughs> I'm always listening. <laughs> Easton's back in the corner going, like, like, heart share. Okay. Uh, so um, maybe not everybody, if you have a specific uh, thing, um, just for fun, uh, your most awkward social media interaction you have, like I shared uh, the other week about my post at Thanksgiving at Walmart and how. I mean, making fun of Tom Brady always works for me, so those always get <laughs> hundreds of likes. My most popular posts are always trashing on Tom, so. I, so a lot, of my, uh, a lot of my setups that I post are on Instagram. And sometimes the post gets weird, and like it doesn't post correctly, and I have to delete it and repost it, and that's kind of awkward. Is that? Is that well, that wasn't really or? as fun as I hoped it would be. No. Um, do Do any of you have like a, a a plan or a process that you kind of maybe even just mentally quickly go through um, for what you share or don't share? Do you, Do you have a? Is there a filter for I'm going to respond to this or I'm not going to respond to this? Well, you see, I live on Instagram, and so um, it's pictures and not as much comments. But yeah, I like just went through a phase where like I was like, my life's not cool. I'm not gonna post anything. Like I don't know how to take cool pictures. Like I don't know how to edit. So I just was like creeping everyone for like a year, and I just shared a, a picture. But I came to the conclusion that like. Obvious, everybody knows I'm not legit. Like everybody knows I don't know what I'm doing, and neither does anybody else on Instagram. So, um, yeah, I just like I don't know, share what's going on in my heart, but but um, from from not just like my story, because people don't just want to sit and listen to your story, but um, as like encouragement to other people, I guess. Uh -huh. Use use my life as an encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? <laughs> as far as what I'm going to post or repost or any of that stuff, it's, I do consciously think about if there's a lot of funny stuff that is not appropriate. <laughs> and it's one of those things that I have friends who are younger, and so I'm like, is that really the best example? Uh, yes, it may be hilarious, but it's not worth putting it out there. Sometimes, and I said it's funny, but I just don't want it to be on my feed. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's kind of the way I approach a lot of things. Yeah, it's funny, and I, I, I would repost it, but there's that, that curse word right there. Yeah. It's going to keep me from doing that. So I've done that quite a few times. Yeah. Okay. I, I actually uh, had a post um, last night, I think, or Friday, I don't remember. I saw it on Facebook. I was going to repost it on the church page. And it was talking about, um, it was just, you know, it, it was talking about if, you're, uh, if your family is still not attending church, but you're going to sporting events uh, or other gatherings, you're going shopping, then it said your children are learning that church isn't as important as these other things. And I had it on the church page, and I was ready to post it and share it, and I stopped. And I stopped because I wasn't in the mindset of giving any context with it. Um, I was just going to share it. And I, I stopped because I, I realized that not everybody fits that. You know, that some people aren't coming back to church, and they're not doing other things because they're still, there's still some fear and some worry about uh, COVID and things, and and so um, there was just this little bit of me that was like that. I like I don't want to be, I don't want to be offensive, to be offensive. Like I think the gospel is offensive, and I, I think some of those things are offensive at times. But I just want to be careful about offending people for the sake of offending them, versus offending them for something that's really important. So um, I, I struggle with that. Uh, yeah, there is a good chance it'll be taken out of context. Yeah. That is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how do you approach uh, in each of your social media uh, circles, your platforms, um, how do you approach or bring up or engage issues of faith uh, online? Or do you? I actually have a kind of a short story about this. Um, there was a post for a while, and it's still pop- I still see it every once in a while. There's a TV show called The West Wing, I think, um, where there was a scene where the, a news reporter comes and, and she says something along the lines of, she's talking to the president, and she says something along the lines of like, uh, uh, homosexuality is a sin or something like that, and the president turns and responds and um, he says, well, that's just what you say. And she says, no, it's what the Bible says. And then he goes into this large spout of, well, you, my daughter stole this thing. And I, I the, you know, then spouted off some random Bible verses like this says, I should kill her and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, I'll, so it's very Old testament stuff. And mm-hmm. I remember a, a, a very good friend of mine had posted that actually. And I commented on it and I was just like, look, this is all Old Testament stuff, and like, I remember this. Yeah, post. and uh, and so anytime that I do go in to correct something, I, I try really hard to back it up with as much scripture as possible yeah. and with as much ex- explanation as possible mm-hmm. as to why this is the goal that this post is trying to get at. Here's why it doesn't work, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and I think I, I remember at the end of it, it was kind of like, you know, you can always pull out that New Testament thing of Christ died for our sins and washed that all away. <laughs> and, you know, and we don't have, that's why we don't have to follow the rules of Leviticus and yeah. all that numbers and stuff. And yeah, anyway, so just trying to back it up. If, we, if you do go in trying to back yeah. it up with evidence, yeah. basically. Yeah. Anybody else? I'll second that. that that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> 
biblical interpretation because there's a, there are a lot of scriptures that are misquoted or out of context and and just adding something to that to put it into a better perspective and yeah that, I think that that goes a long way towards helping like Christianity online and get, let other people see hey this is not there are a lot of people that are going to try to pervert the word of God and yeah yeah and with that also I see a lot of like my non-believer friends that will post like in order to get their point across and kind of stick it to us so to speak they'll like post scripture and I always 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 want to be like you don't believe that why are you why are you using as ammo you know and but then I, I think you know I think if you're going to go into that kind of thing just you need to react positively always you always need to let them know that like I love you and Christ loves you so like thanks for acknowledging this yeah. <laughs> um, you know instead of being like instead of coming in from a, a attacking or negative approach of like take that down because you don't even believe it anyway you know yeah there's a, especially on the political issues of what's socially acceptable and what's biblically acceptable um, there's a big difference between tolerance and forced acceptance and I think that's big point for people is like I have no problem if you societally you want to live that way with whatever whatever sin it is it doesn't really matter uh, to, to me I, as a Christian I can tell you what the Bible says but as a person I'm going to be nice to you either way mm-hmm. like that's, that's also biblical for me is to be respectful and so especially arguing online is you, you don't want to devolve into being a bad example for Christianity yeah. even when you're arguing um, so how has, if it has, how has, uh, social media affected how you feel about yourself as a person? You kind of alluded to that a little bit earlier. Let Tristan. me tell you, <laughs> pe- females like to diss other females real bad. And also females like to change the way that they look on, in pictures before they post them. And I didn't realize how many people do this. And it's like insane. I follow this girl who is like uh, like body positive, I guess. And um, she, she does a lot of like uh, pre-edit and post-edit pictures. Uh-huh. And it is freaky. And I was on Snapchat the other day. And I did a filter. And I saw it. And I'm like, OK. And then I switched it. And my lips got smaller. And I was like, which one is real? But it put a lip filter on me. It put a lip filler on me and I freaked out. And I was like, ah, get away from me. But um, yeah, it's, it's harsh. And so I think uh, for me as a female, just keeping that in mind of like, it's not, that's not real. Yeah. And yeah, it's a highlight reel. It's either a highlight or a low light. Like you're either yeah. putting your best foot forward or you're, Someone has done something atrocious, and you have to let everyone know. Right. <laughs> Why do you do what? That's a good point. Like, why, like why, do, why do women do that? Oh, because they're mean. No. <laughs> It's not all negative. The question was, why why do people our age do do that? Let's just put your highlights and and you, is that what you're asking? What what's the point?
I think part of that, sorry to interrupt, I think part of that is because you were talking earlier about face-to-face -face interactions. When we're, if I, if you, if I met you in the street, Bill, and I didn't like your goatee, you could probably beat the snot out of me. So I'm not going to say anything about it. You, you might be able to outrun him. <laughs> I don't know any, maybe not anymore. <laughs> but, but I, there's a filter there. I would, I would think to myself, yeah. I, I'm not going to approach this man that I don't know that is right here. I could face consequences right now because of my actions. But with Facebook, and especially what Easton was talking about or through the sermon there with the anonymity, um, people are relentless because when they're online, there's no filter. You can say literally whatever you want. And I could go on and, you know, rake somebody from the coals that lives in Alaska. They're, and they're never going to find me. I mean, they might if they really wanted to try. But... But there's that filter is gone. And so especially if we don't take time, and this kind of goes, and I'm not a parent and I'm not trying to be, but if we don't take time to, to like, it's this is the new world we're in. If we don't take time to, to teach our kids, you can't just say whatever you want, you know, and you need to, and you need to treat these people like they're people. Because so often we don't treat them like they're people, we mm -hmm. treat them like their faces on a screen. Yeah, also um, you, there's an unfollow button that I use a lot of like, if I know somebody's being fake or, you know, if I, even if I know them, like if I went to high school with them or something and I'm not really friends with them, but I follow them, I just unfollow them or I mute them. Like if they're being nasty, like I don't have to consume that. And I follow a lot of um, more positive or Christian um, views um, and people. And I try to, you know, consume as much of that, have more of that than, than non on my feed. So I would, real quick, I would say that for, for your question of why do you post that stuff, it's kind of like, so Bill, when you were younger, I don't know what the hopping place was, but if they weren't the soda shop. It, yeah. Well, 95? <laughs> Any, any, same, same anything that had wagons yeah, yeah. in it would be... Covered wagons, right? Covered like, wagons, yeah, would be... Let's say it was a skating rink, and let's say that... <laughs> <laughs> let's say that there were not great things going on at the skating rink outside. Say kids were drinking, whatever it was. And you have a choice whether to go there and, you know, because that's where all your friends are going to be. That's where everybody's going to hang out at. That's kind of the way Facebook is or whatever social media is. You know that there's not the greatest stuff going on there, but that's your way of interacting with other people your age. And you just have to kind of say, I'm not going to do that part of it. That's for that group. And I'm going to stick over here. And so it's kind of, for our generation, it's a lot more how you interact with other people. We didn't, like, you, you didn't call people anymore. That's one thing I do notice going away. But how much time did you spend on the phone when you were young versus how much time we probably spent messaging friends? Uh, like I said, I lived out in the country, so I didn't really have... Re remember, they didn't, walk over to their house. they didn't have phones in covered wagon days. Oh, that's true. So, so, smoke signals, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, um, we got we to gotta wrap up pretty quick. So, so one of the things that DJ and I were actually talking about just before service was um, the, the dopamine hit the physiological changes that happen in our brain from using social, consuming social media and putting social media out there. And so you ask about why are people doing this? Well, th this is, um, 
that there's a small number of people who get pretty famous and make lots of money on social media. And, that, and so everybody in that generation, everybody, like, we don't, we don't understand this. Every younger person is on social media. Like, it's like everybody. So this is, the, this is the new reality for us. And, and, and so people are going to post those things because of that, of that hit that they get. If somebody likes their stuff or shares their stuff or, or, or whatever, that's a huge, I'm a, I'm a person, I'm important. What I have to say matters. And so I like a lot of it continues through and that. And it's the same thing as like um, if you were to go to a, a party, not like a college party, just like a party with friends or whatever, uh, dinner party or whatever. Um, Instagram, getting a lot of likes on Instagram would be the same thing as showing up in a really nice piece of clothing. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, holy cow, you look really good in that dress. Or you look, yeah. uh, I really like that suit on you. Or like you look really hip. Whatever you your style is you did really good on it. And so mm-hmm. that makes you feel good because everyone yeah. comments on how good, how good you looked and what you wore. Um, or if you've been working out a lot and lost weight and someone's like, wow, you really, you look good. You've lost a lot of weight or you've gained muscle or whatever. And I appreciate like, you looking at me when you said that. Well, I'm talking to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's what Instagram would be like. Getting a lot yeah. of likes on Instagram makes you feel good about yourself. Now, yeah. obviously you could have the same opposite effect could happen. You could get hate. Um, like yeah. you could not be the best looking person that walks in and someone makes an offhand comment behind you like why did she wear those shoes today mm-hmm. like it's the same thing as a normal interaction but instead you're showing it to yeah 100 people yeah instead, instead of, of, of the 40 yeah. people that are in the thing and then yeah. twitter uh, would be the same thing as uh i i write a joke on twitter and 12 people like the joke that makes me feel good because it makes me feel like i'm funny yeah. the same thing if i'm at a party and I crack this joke and everyone laughs at it. It makes you feel good because you feel like you're, you made something witty or comedic. And, yeah. um, and so that's kind of, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's just you're to a larger audience. Uh, and it may be a little less personal because you don't know the people. But uh, that's what that dopamine kick is. So, it's the same thing as being in a party or whatever. Well, and along with that, like a lot of times when I, do, when I post stuff for work, basically, sometimes... Um, if I can get the, if I'm playing a drum from a company, they can like that. And if this company sees that my posts are getting a lot of likes, um, I've had emails from mostly backpack weird <laughs> companies. But like even now, I don't get all, a lot of likes. I don't think uh-huh. I've ever broken like 60 on a single post. But um, I still will get emails from companies. I'll be like, hey, if you want to, if we, if you want to wear our backpack and you like it make a post about it and we'll pay you so much huh. per backpack sold from interaction with your code kind of thing. Wow. So um, by way of wrapping up, our first core value uh, here at Real Life is, is over there and uh, it's to be real. Um, and so we want to be real about our, our faith, um, how it impacts our life, but, but also um, be real about our failures. Um, and so uh, just, just really like super quickly, do you have any thoughts on how to be real online or, or in person? Um, is there a way that you try to interact that way? Yeah, um, I think it's really important, like you were saying, um, like if somebody likes your outfit, you tell them in person, um, and somebody likes your posts, whatever. Um, 
I think it's really important to tell like real life people that you like their outfit or their mm. clothes. We were at Picasso's yesterday. I'm like really weird about it. Easton, sometimes I'm like, Easton, I'm gonna go tell her I like her hair. And he's like, you don't know, like stop. But I almost always go do it. And like we were at Picasso's and the lady was talking to me, like taking her order and she started walking away. I'm like, I'm sorry, but you're like a really cute person. And she's like, thank you. And I'm like. I have been with her in public places where she has told somebody, like this rando yeah. person, you're like, I really like your shoes, yeah. or I really like, and it is a little awkward, but I have found myself, um, you know, the, the, I'm going to date myself a little bit, but when some dude is somewhere where I am, and they've got just a really righteous beard, I will tell them, <laughs> you yeah, that is like, a really great, you've got a great beard. On, it doesn't count if you do it to yourself in the mirror, though. Yeah. Well. <laughs> if you were on Instagram <laughs> um, and you saw something you liked, you would like it. So why should that be any different yeah. in person? That's what I think. Yeah. A friend of mine also did um, trim his beard, and I saw him and said, I'm sorry, the weight of manhood was too much for you. <laughs> so, so there's that side of it, too. Um, so... So uh, thank you all. Just you can just stay there. I'm going to wrap it up real quickly. The the the, the apostle Peter didn't have any idea um, the incredible technological advances that would be made in the 20th and the 21st uh, centuries. But he did know how important faith would be, uh, or our surrender to Jesus as the King of our lives. The important um, part uh, or role that that would play as 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 we as followers of Jesus try to change the world. Um, and so he wrote about our faith and how it should interact uh, with our lives in First Peter three fifteen and. and to 17. It's going to be up there over DJ's head. Um, Honor Christ and let him be the Lord of your life. Always be ready to give an answer when someone asks you about your hope. Give a kind and respectful answer. Keep your conscience clear. This way you will make people ashamed for saying bad things about your good conduct as a follower of Christ. For you are better off to obey God and suffer for doing right than suffer for doing wrong. Just let me um, say this one uh, thing. Peter assumes in the context of this scripture that the people who are questioning you about your faith, being ready to give an answer for the hope that you have, the people who are questioning you about your faith are also the people who are saying bad things about you. So those very people who on social media or in person might be saying negative things about you and your faith are going to also be the people, when times get difficult, who are going to ask you, how can you stand up to this? How can you live out your faith in that um, situation? Uh, and, and so it's important for us to balance those things online or in person, recognizing that our response to those negative things that people say could actually be the thing that opens the door to being able to share about our faith. Um, uh, and, and in the end, Peter says, we're all better off for suffering for doing good things because of Jesus, even if they're seen as wrong things by other people than for suffering for doing the wrong things um, when that suffering is deserved. So when you suffer for your faith, you're rewarded by your Father. Um, so I'm going to wrap up with a quote from week one. What you do online is an extension of who you are in person. And so these are not two different things. What we do online and what we do in person and what we do in private are all connected. Who you are in person then is an extension of Jesus 
who lives in you. Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit is in us and should motivate us and help us um, direct about the things we post or the things we say, the things we do. So whether you're online or in person or you're alone in your home, Peter says to honor Christ and let him be the Lord of your life. So let's pray. God, thanks for um, just the opportunity to, to share. Thank you that there are um, people's, sometimes we can be really negative about social media, but really as believers, many of us, maybe most of us, are really trying to find that balance of living out our faith um, in that new uh, kind of digital world. And, and really, it's still evolving, and we're still figuring it out. And so um, just give us wisdom as we do that. Help us to be real, um, to not be fake, to be the same person in private, in public, online, um, and, and help us just be able to find those opportunities uh, to share about the hope that we have in, in Jesus um, by facing the things that come at us, the difficulties and the struggles um, with the strength of Christ that so powerfully works uh, within us. And so help us, God, to be that uh, what Scripture says is a light on a hill, a city on a, on a hill that um, lights the way for others to be able to see you, and that we would do that in, in every aspect, public, private, um, online. And uh, so help us to do that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, um, before you go this morning, I just want to um, uh, make you aware, next Sunday we're going to kick off a brand new message series called Questions from Jesus. And so um, we're going to be looking at uh, some of the questions that Jesus asked his disciples and um, followers and discover some things about ourselves, about who we are, um, as we kind of answer those questions uh, personally that Jesus asked uh, so long ago. So I hope you'll uh, join me next Sunday. And that series, this new series, Questions from Jesus, will take us through Easter, four weeks uh, away. So um, hope you'll join us for that. Uh, thank all of you for being here, and thank you as well. Thanks for tuning in to Real Life Live. Our hope and prayer is that the time you've spent with us has left you encouraged and challenged in your faith. It may have also left you with some questions or maybe wondering how all this faith stuff works. So we want to help you with that. Head over to reallifecc.us for a few different ways we can connect. We're thankful you joined us today and want to extend an invitation for you to join us in person at our current home in El Dorado, Kansas at the Civic Center, 201 East Central on Sundays at 10 a.m. We hope You'll keep tuning in and growing in your faith to look more like Jesus every day. See you next time.